Welcome to The Authority of Love. I'm Greg Williams. Thank you for listening to this week's interviews of my lovely wife, Amy, and myself discussing God's work in our lives, marriage, family, and beyond, along with our book, The Authority of Love, Second Edition. We wrap up the interview with today's program, and it has been the case all week and with every message. I pray you have been encouraged and or challenged, and in both cases, blessed. Listen as we close out this week with our interview with the True Kingdom Worship Prophetic Prayer Line. Yeah, I, I, I'm always, I mean, I think God's word is very clear on that last question. It says, who shall keep the children? Should the one believer fight in courts or go to the church for decisions? I think Amy hit on a point there. Uh, oftentimes when we get to this point, one of, the, one of the things the enemy wants to do is make us both see. I would imagine that the other person, even with a hardened heart, as I shared, often the hardened heart, that's why they're not as open uh, when the other one begins to turn around. So it takes time and it takes the it takes the work of the Holy Spirit and grace in their life, in both lives. But I would imagine that both of them could go to Scripture at this point in their relationship and make a good case for the fact that what they're doing is in line with Scripture. Um, and so, and both of them could could state uh, what they are planning to do with the children. I, I, I always think the children need to have both parents in their lives. When you get a divorce, you also open up the door for there to be future uh, step parents at some point. And so, and that is not only can God work in that, but so can the enemy. The enemy, he always does. He's never going to waste an opportunity, nor does God. And God is greater, but that will be difficult. So the question was asked, do we, the believer fighting courts or go to the church for decisions? Here's the interesting thing. I, I, uh, I always say it's just to go to the church first because that's what God's word clearly says. You should not be bickering and fighting among yourself. If you are, if you have disputes, then you should go before the elders and leaders of the church. But I also know this, and you've heard me say this. I have not run into too many churches where the leaders, the men and servant leaders of that church, actually did their marriage and family the way God said, that most of them actually sacrificed their marriage and family, actually sacrificed their marriage and family on the altar of their work and their success. And then, because they were successful, they were asked by the church to come in since they attended and gave and served. So they asked the church to come, the, the, the church asked them to come in and help the church be successful like they were in their business. All the while, they neglected to do exactly what God's word said in servant leading their 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 wife and their children. So they're they're all, they're completely off base. And so what I've heard in those and I and I have countered it. What I have heard is, well, we can't uh, we can't come to an agreement. So little woman, you've got to submit to him and stay in this marriage and stay in this church. And and most of the time, especially in the past few generations as I've seen in the past couple of generations, most of the time I've found was that if we lose this man, if we lose this man, it is going to, we're going to lose his, his tithes and offerings in, in the family. And I'm sorry, but that's just the world we live in. And so I, when you say go to the church, I want to know that you're going to a church, whoever this is, I want to know that you're going to a church who has followed. Dr. Tony Evans at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, I followed them for a while, and my book was selected as their feature book last summer at the Kingdom Leadership uh, uh, Conference online. And um, I, I, I've chatted with some and talked to some. And they, they literally have all of their leaders have gone through a thing where they sit with him and his wife. She passed away, Sister Lois. 
couple of years ago, year and a half or two ago, and uh, and uh, but they would sit with them and their family. Then once the elders were put in place within that church, they would take on other deacons or next-level leaders, and they would have to spend a year and a half building a relationship with that elder as a leader, being in the home, getting to know each other, and seeing whether or not they were truly servant leading their wife, their marriage, and their family. And then if they weren't qualified, they could continue to grow in that and maybe come back later, but they had to do that for 18 months. Then they would go through some of the church things that they wanted them to know about for as far as church training. But if they weren't doing it in their home first, they were not qualified to be a leader in the church. So, yes, I think they ought to go to the church first. But I want to know, I ask the question, is this church got leaders that have done it God's way? I don't care how big and successful they look. I want to know if there's kingdom fruit that is coming from loving relationships that began in marriages and homes and families. That doesn't mean everybody has to get married, but but most of them will, and that's where we need to see that kind of fruit. And if we're seeing that, then we've got godly leaders that we can bring a couple and a family in and say, let's hear both of your sides and see where you are walking with the Lord and where you are not. Mm. Because if you weren't, if you weren't servant leading, no wonder her heart got hard. And if you allowed your heart to get hard, then you were seeking it more in your husband than you were in Christ. And that snowball just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so there's a lot of issues there uh, that need to be addressed before we just say yes or no. I do think the children, my, 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 my counsel is always biblical counsel. God desires that you do whatever it takes to reconcile. Now, if there's abuse and there's sexual immorality and everything, there needs to be a time possibly of separation, but both people who truly desire to walk with the Lord are first learning where they got off the rails with the Lord. And then in time, as they grow as his disciple, they grow back with, with each other as one, and they can reconcile that marriage. But we go right back to God's covenant order to do that. I always say reconcile. But guess what? We got two, we got two people involved in this, and both of them have free will. Even as believers, they both still have free will. And if they've not done it that way and don't understand it, the heart's going to continue to harden both ways, um, and that's going to be difficult. So you've got to go back and find out where you are with the Lord first, and if one of them's not willing to do that, then if you can find a church which has truly done this and sit with a group of elders and leaders that have truly done it, again, rare, unfortunately rare in our culture. I hate to say that, but it's true. I've had 100% of the pastors and leaders come to me after conferences and retreats that were in the retreat say 100% of them said, that's exactly what we did, Greg. Every one of them that came to me said, that's exactly what we did. We've led the world's way and we've loved the world's way. So are we really, we, we might use scripture in that council or that elder tribunal or that meeting about this marriage and family, but did we actually apply it and do we know what it really means in our lives? so that we can help counsel and mentor and disciple you and your marriage and your family in it. I know that's a tough answer, both for the church and for the couple, but it goes back to God's word in all of it. Have we done it there? If you can find that, then I would say go and, and make sure that both of you understand that's what's going to happen. So both of you are probably going to have to, I'll use a, a, a worldly phrase here, both of you will likely be eating some crow, <laughs> okay, because we're both at, at fault when that happens. It's never one or the other. It's always both. 
It might be 99% one and 1% the other, but there's always liability and lack of accountability on both parts. Um, and so th that's a, a fairly long answer, but that's what, that's what I say to every couple that I've been with in every church I've ever talked with. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, I didn't know it was. Um, that's good. How do you how do you get past the blame? Someone says, how do you get past the blaming? Um, you know, because when things like that happen, people blame each other. And yes. then I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. we can we can if you can answer that one, we can close it out unless someone else has something burning on their heart. So uh, listen, blame is a real easy thing to get past in the Lord. Blame is always about self. I want to take any role that I have and put it on the other person. That's literally what blame does, and that's a selfish response. I've got to accept my role and let go of whatever the other person did. Because when I start, what did, what did Adam do? When God said, Adam, where are you? The woman that you gave me, I'm blaming her and I'm blaming you. That's why I took a bite of the apple. And if we'll lay that down and get out of our selfish fleshly desire and pride, we can go back and allow the Holy Spirit to start peeling away the layers on, in our heart and in our mind and allow him to do his work in us. Blame will always keep the Holy Spirit from doing what he wants to do in you because you place the, you, the, place the blame, the responsibility, selfishly on the other person. And, and usually both people are doing that, and it does no good whatsoever. It makes you feel good in the moment, and it continues to destroy because it's of the enemy, never of the Lord. Blame is selfish and always of the enemy, never of the Lord. Remember when I said earlier that uh, you go back to James 4.1? James 4.1 very simply says, and I've paraphrased it, but I want to I want to quote it for you from Scripture. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is the source not your own pleasures that wage war in your body's parts, your selfish fleshly desire? And it goes on in two through four, two through three. You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Now, this is not just people committing crimes. This is in marriages. This is in every relationship. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on your selfish pleasures. That's exactly what blame does. It takes my selfish desires and elevates them to the position of, I'm right, you're the one that caused this, we're never going to get out of it until you straighten up. And that's a totally satanic, fleshly, worldly response. And you've got to recognize, the reason I say it so bluntly is because if you don't hear that, you'll always continue to rationalize it. Blame is of the enemy and always selfish. Accomplishes nothing but destruction. So you've got to lay it down and let it go and allow the Holy Spirit to work in that. And he's going to start by working on you. you James 4.1, where do they come from? They come from the selfish desires in you. Holy Spirit, drop the blaming, drop the selfish desires, show me, show me where they are in me, and get rid of those. And then I will look completely differently at the other person. Promise you that. Sister Amy, did you, Sister Amy, if she's still there, you have any last parting words for us, Sister Amy? Yeah, I just thank you all for including me and allowing me to speak. Even though she she hates it. I mean, she does such a great job. <laughs> you are very started. welcome. Beautiful woman of God, husband and wife team. Absolutely. This is Pastor Mavis Mariso, 
There's several out here listening. You have brought so much clarity in the scripture, and we thank you for that, and we appreciate you. So please come as often as you can. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you, Sister Mavis and Sister Phyllis and all those that are on. Thank you so much. We're humbled and honored. As I said, if we can, if you'd like for us to come and share, we'd love to do that. Uh, I have a prayer, and it's been a, 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 just a kind of a, a maybe a dream. I don't know that God has given me that, but I've had a, a thought and a desire. I want to make sure it's of him to someday be able to share this with uh, people in Israel. So I've been praying about that, and uh, I, I'm going to be doing some international stuff. So We'll just trust the Lord to open the doors that no one can uh, no one can shut and shut the ones that no one can open to guide us and protect us. And we thank you all for your for your uh, encouragement and for the opportunity. And we certainly will continue not only with the ministry, but with you all where we can. And we want to pray blessings upon your ministries as well. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the Authority of Love. We'd love to hear from you and engage with you. So contact us or send questions and comments to loveandlordship at gmail.com. I want to thank the True Kingdom Worship Prophetic Prayer Line for inviting us to share with them. Also, you can follow us at www.loveandlordship.com. As you pray, check out the site and hopefully feel led to give. All donations are tax deductible, and I thank you for your generosity to the Love and Lordship Ministry. Finally, you can buy our book on Amazon. Just search for The Authority of Love, 2nd Edition. Don't search for 2ND or you'll be led on a wild goose chase. Spell out S-E-C-O-N-D and it will take you right to the paperback or ebook editions. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.